0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ah, we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Blake Rufino This, that's loud. This is Are You Serious Sports. We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Huge show in store for you tonight. We are still at the Drake Williams Law Firm, drakewilliamslawfirm.com, live on location for this big and impactful show uh, tonight, we will talk about LSU Mississippi State recap. We got a good, we got a lot to talk about there. Something that I thought that would be the narrative coming out of this game is not the narrative at coming out of this game locally. You know, I thought that tonight I was going to be somewhat repeating just the central narrative of just the feel around LSU, but we will talk about that. And something that I think that every LSU fan needs to understand and see and realize, and I think it's a huge positive going into this week, against Auburn. Speaking of Auburn, we will talk about them. We'll talk about them briefly. Some things that LSU is going to have to do this week to win. God forbid this team goes on a four game winning streak. Can they get the ball moving and rolling and then go on into the SEC play and start accumulating some wins? We will briefly talk about uh, Auburn, TJ Finley, Max Johnson, uh, the two guys that came in. Will they face off? with one another, just making sure that you guys can hear me as always. Uh, Then we will go around the SEC. Guys, something that we are incorporating every Monday and Thursday, we will go around the SEC, talk about what happened. Texas A&M, the Aggies, the overrated Texas A&M Aggies, and the overrated, quite honestly, Jimbo Fisher gets taken down by Sam Pittman. And the Arkansas Razorbacks. Shout out to my good friend and former Southeastern Lion teammate, Cody Kennedy, uh, as well. And and as I alluded to earlier, this team gaining confidence. And at the end of the show, Rudy Poo of the week. So we'll get that in there. But before we get started, guys, as always, please do me a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to some Facebook groups. Share, uh, if you're on YouTube, share to your Twitter and Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe and hit that notification bell. Also, if you're on Twitter, don't forget to hit that retweet. Uh, as well, we greatly, greatly appreciate that as we do have that big, uh, big show in store for you tonight. But before we get started, we got to pay bills, not around this thing. <laughs> Hopefully we will help the Drake Williams law firm pay bills uh, around this thing. But we do got to pay some bills. None better than our good friends over at GM Varando and Sons, Ag, Guys, with 63 years of experience, nobody's better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Varando and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, on chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. 225-664-9992. That's 225-664-9992. Or go see them over at 2500 Florida Boulevard in Denham Springs, Louisiana. Let them know your good friend Blake Rafino on AYS sent you on by. And our good friends over at betonline.ag. Guys, I've been placing all my bets using BetOnline. Did not – we came out 50-50 or 500 this week in our bets, but we did get over the top with a UFC bet uh, with uh, Volkanovsky uh, getting the win, but it's so much fun. It's so easy to use. you got to go to BetOnline, set up, sign up, use it today on that mobile device. With the state of Louisiana passing the law, you'll be able to use it. That's BetOnline.ag. Get over there, place all your bets. College football will give you some at the end of the week. That's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag. All right, let's get rolling. Let's get rolling. we got a lot of comments flying in. Uh, Andrew Brister says it's popcorn time. All right. All right. Dylan Landry says let's go. So does Darren. So does uh, uh, Robert. And Kevin says, how about them tugs?" Hold it, Tiger. And we are getting the comments from the Rudy crew. As Jacob Cole, the guy who came up with the saying hashtag the Rudy crew, he says that he is here. Everybody fire in the comment section right now. Fire in the comment section. Got questions, want to talk, want to talk about LSU, want to talk about the SEC, do it. Put it in the comment section. Send stars, send super chats. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, But Brian says, let's go play Mike Jones and do halfback passes. So let's talk about this Mississippi State LSU game and something that I that I took away from it again today and last night rewatching the game or re- yesterday morning rewatching the game. Uh, one thing that is abundantly clear to me, one thing that is just one hundred percent you can't ignore it anymore, just obvious. And I don't know why that this is not the central narrative coming out of Baton Rouge right now. It could have been very easy for this team after losing to UCLA, having struggles against McNeese, having, you know, kind of gaining some confidence against Central Michigan, and then late late in the game having struggles against Mississippi State for this team to fold and for this team not to want to play hard or or want to have the energy and 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 heart to go out there and fight. Now, A lot has been made of Coach Ed Orgeron. And, look, Saturday after the game, I let it fly because there are some things that I think that Ed is saying. We will talk about his press conference here in just a second, some things that he said about the offensive philosophy. But one thing is abundantly clear is that this team has not given up on their head coach, Ed Orgeron. Abundantly clear. Guys, defensively, they're playing hard. And from from that side of the football – that spends, I would say, 75%, if not more, and it probably is more, of their time with Ed Orgeron, especially the defensive line, who quite honestly has been playing lights out at times, they have not given up on their head coach. What happens when this team, who's playing fast, who's playing hard, yeah, the O-line stinks at times, but they're still giving it what they have, everything that they have, at least Chase and Hines, even though getting run over, He was going out there trying to do his job. The effort that they're giving for Ed Orgeron, to me, is something that is not being talked about enough right now. Now, the thing for me with this team, it's not talent. It's not talent. They have it all at every single level, maybe outside of offensive line right now, but we'll get into that. They have talent all across the field. The coaching staff is somewhat starting to gain confidence, none better than Durante Jones, who everybody scratched their head when Ed Ron and Scott Woolward ran out there and said that he was the new defensive coordinator for LSU. A lot of people had doubts about Durante Jones, and look what he did Saturday. The defense finally broke after being on the field for close to 90 plays, and you will expect that. Guys, they didn't give up on Ed. They, they were exhausted. Ed confirmed that they should have done better at rotating uh, in the first and second quarter. Well, no shit. I mean, that's just – not having a game plan for that is, is kind of chaotic or chaos to me, kind of just like, bro, how did you not know that and tell your coaches that? Regardless, they have not given up on their coaching staff. However, we do got to talk about Mississippi State. We do need to talk about some things. And I'm going to kind of tee off a little bit offensively. Because there's nothing over the last three games that you can sit here and say, yeah, we can talk about the blown coverages. But guys, offenses are so damn good, you're going to give up blown coverages. Now, you don't want that to happen. You do not want to have blown coverages. I understand that. But guys, it's going on all across college football. all across, And that's not an excuse. That's just how good offenses are in today's day and age. You're going to have blown coverages. But I bet you they fixed that, uh, that wheel route that Mississippi State scored on. The same route that the first touchdown for Mississippi State, quite honestly, you just got out-schemed. Nobody was out of position. You just got out-schemed. Chalk it up for Mike Leach, who obviously we know is air raid, good offensive coach. However, we can talk about the defense and and how good that they played. I saw a stat that I think Mike Leach is 1-9 when teams run eight-man zone coverages uh, in the last 10 games. <laughs> Hello? Hello? That's how you beat the air raid. That's how you beat Mike Leach. You're one of those teams that just beat him, and it's 9-1 and against him. We got to stay with this offense right now, man. We have to stay with the offense. The Max Johnson interception, I know a lot of people are upset about it. Oh, the 50-50 ball. Dude, quite honestly, stop talking about the 50-50 ball if you don't know what you're talking about. Because, oh, well, you're in the SEC, yada, yada, yada. Max underthrew the ball. Deion Smith had a a step on the DB if he gets a little bit more. And that's a timing thing. That is a timing thing between – and look. We saw Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have those issues when they first started playing with one another. Jamar had a lot of drops, and look what they're doing now. God forbid Deion Smith and Max Johnson get a little bit more of a cohesion with one another, and those passes start getting completed. But offensively, you don't have a running game right now. Now, Ed said today that, well, you know, we can't really run the football, and we're having to keep a tight end in for protection. We're having to keep a running back in to help for protection, I, I have to say this before we get to the comments. I have to say this. Why? You know, Jared Joseph, who we've had on the show, asked Ed Orgeron today, well, Coach, you know, I forget how he worded it, but Ed basically told Jared Joseph after the question, well, we're keeping our backs in, we're keeping in a tight end, and we're going to have to do that. Well, no, Ed, you don't. Because when Cole Taylor goes out for a pass or, or goes out in coverage or goes out in a route and you put more pressure on the coverage, he scores a touchdown. Now, I know what you're about to say. I understand it. Max Johnson literally before the play told Cole Taylor what to run before it happened. I think he did have an idea that Cole Taylor would be there. That's a different topic for a different day. But if you can't run the football, you have to find ways to get them out in the flat, use some screen passes, do something if you can't establish the running game. I have been very critical because of my personal – and I say personal relationship, but my relationship with Sean Payton. But yesterday is a prime example. When your team can't run the football, you have to throw to your running back out in the flat. You have to throw him screen passes. You have to get him touches, a lot like what Mississippi State did when LSU would back out in coverage, and you're, and you're just jumping or dumping it off to your running back and letting him get in 6, seven, eight, nine, 10 yards. Why in the – so we complained, myself included, I can – so I'll say we because a lot of people complained about this, about Steve Ensminger having issues of keeping in the running back and the tight ends. I quite honestly don't believe that that's Steve Ensminger anymore. To me, now that we've had a whole nother coordinator that's been here, that's been here, and Jake Peets and DJ Mangus, I'm pretty sure it's not in their game plan to keep a running back in. And don't say that there's not a running back on this team right now that can't catch passes because Amari Goodwin caught a pass when you threw it to him and he got four yards. That's an extension of the running game. Ty Davis-Price got you a first down against UCLA in a critical time where you would go down and score that got you the first down. Josh Williams is another guy, the walk-on, which I'm not even going to call him the walk-on anymore. A guy that came in and has earned himself a scholarship, caught a pass against UCLA, got 15 yards, and then guess what? Keishawn Boutte scores on the uh, uh, scores on that uh, on that drive. So I don't understand what I think that this confirms or should confirm to everybody that Ed Orgeron 100% is meddling in the offense. Now, before you get upset and you get mad, it is his job as the head coach to do what he wants to do. But it's not the right thing of what he should be doing. It's not what he should be doing. You know what happens when a team sends an all-out blitz and plays cover zero and Max Johnson makes a guy miss because there's nobody there to block him? Touchdowns to Kayshaun Bouti happen because we've seen it. Now let's get to the running game and the offensive line. There were times after re-watching the game, I thought that they did better than I first thought or, or saw. And I'll tell you why. Because there was a drive, and I posted it all over Twitter today, and you can go find it, AYS Sports. Don't forget to follow. While rewatching the game, there was a drive that Ty Davis Price had had a series where he had a three-yard rush, he had an 18-yard rush, and then he had a nine-yard or, or what was it, a seven-yard rush, Regardless, say 8, 21, or then a six yard run, which gave him three carries for 27 yards. And none of those plays did Ty Davis Price or the offense run inside zone. Ed talked about it today. We ran gap power, which means a backside guard or tackle will pull. In this instance, it was and Hines, if you remember, that was pulled, pulling and hitting the defensive end or the last guy on the end of scrimmage and knocking him out, giving a crease for Ty Davis' price. Why in the F word are you getting away from that when you're literally having nine yards per carry? Ed Orgeron has told everybody on God's green earth the only play that we want to run in the running game is inside and outside zone. So let's give an example from a defensive lineman's perspective. Talk to a Hall of Famer today about it, and you can assume who that Hall of Famer is because he's been on this show. I called him up, bring, bring, and he said, because I sent him a link, I said, can you tell me what's going on in your perspective from a defensive guy's perspective because I know what my perspective is. On what you're seeing from this LSU's offensive line and this running game, it took him two minutes, and the only thing he said, he goes, Blake, I already know it's going to be inside zone because the running backs, so left of the quarterback, they're giving it off. The The running backs or the offensive line is going into zone schemes. They're All they're doing zone, so I know what gap I need to go and penetrate and go up into. There's no other disciplines that I need to worry about, and it's very predictable. That's a first ballot Hall of Famer saying that a first ballot, if you're going to get nine yards per effing carry on gap scheme, why in the hell are you running inside and outside zone? Guys, Ty Davis Price, an individual that we have been critical on, who I thought had one of his better games, even though he only had 13 rushes for 53 yards, guys, that's that, it's not great, it's about average had one of his better games. When you have six guys in the box and they want to send the house, punch them in the mouth. That backside defensive end that and Hines was absolutely obliterating, guess what he didn't do after the second time that it happened? He wasn't coming in that hole like he used to because he knew he was about to get ear-holed and get his ass rocked. That is just a God's honest truth. I don't know from an offensive standpoint – what LSU is doing in the running game, I, they do not have an identity. They don't have one thing that you can say, damn, bro, LSU's about to run the football and they're about to run power and you better nut up or shut up because they're about to punch you in the mouth. You don't have that right now, and it's killing a guy like Max Johnson who, God forbid, leaves the NCAA in touchdown passes. And you guys, want some individuals want to pull him. Guys, he's in his sixth start, about to be in his seventh. The guy has a bad O-line, no no running game. They have one hand tied behind his back. He's a lefty, so let's do this. One hand tied behind his back. Every time that you do, LSU does inside and outside zone, the backside defensive end doesn't give two Rudy Poos. If Max Johnson's ever going to run the football, ever, not once, because we are playing scared. I, I shouldn't say we. Because LSU seems as if that they're playing scared. LSU can come at me and argue and debate this all the live long day, but it is the God's honest truth. From a schematic standpoint, you are getting out coached offensively. The thing that is bailing you out is because you have studs on the outside and you have a competent quarterback. And he's even more than competent. I still think that he's a good quarterback. You got guys like Trey Palmer having explosive plays in the punt return, and Ed runs out there and says, we have to have better uh, yardage in the punt return game. Big Daddy, you had an explosive play from Trey Palmer. What do you mean by that? I mean, I'm not trying to be rude, but what do you mean? The very next series on the first play, the one of the one series you actually let him in on offense, he burns the defense, a blown coverage, Max sees it, boom, shaka like a touchdown. They don't have an identity letting Max Johnson pull that guy dog inside ring and run that sucker for six, seven, eight yards, and I guarantee you 1,000% that that defensive end will not crash down anymore, and he won't be the guy that tackles Ty Davis Price from the backside. It, at, at, at this point, it is aggravating to me to see the schematic standpoint of what LSU is doing in the running game. I, I don't know what they're doing. I have no live long – I have no idea. I wish that I could come out here and break it down and say, LSU's doing this effectively. But what you can't say is that the O-line has not had times where they've dominated in the running game when I can show you stats, when I can show you film that they're dominating in a certain run because the defense quite honestly knows what the hell you're doing. If a first ballot Hall of Famer who hasn't watched one snap of LSU football knows exactly what's about to come, and when I send him a two-minute link or two-minute video and he goes, oh, that's inside zone, I can tell by the way that LSU's set up. For the love of Christ alive, I mean, good googly moogly. You better fix it because here's what's about to happen. Ed alluded to it today, and i got to give him credit here. If I know that Auburn has his struggles. Now, Auburn just fired their wide receivers coach. Now, just a little side note here. The fact that Brian Harson, the head coach, the simple fact that they are firing a wide receivers coach, I think I just got a text saying Spectrum is back in my house. If so, if we have internet, oh, my God, I'm going to lose it. Is firing a wide receiver. Let's let me back up. Auburn head coach Brian Harson fired their wide receivers coach yesterday for, for on-the-field issues, on the field, meaning schematics and alignment and sing, things like that. Blaming the offensive struggles on your wide receivers coach is like me blaming my spoon for reasons why I'm fat. It makes no sense. So they do have a little chaos offensively. No, you don't have the dogs outside. I'm sorry. But this game, and it will be it will be overblown this week, T.J. Finley coming into LSU to face off Max Johnson, the two ex-quarterbacks who are really good friends are facing off. That's not the true, and I'm going to get to the comments, but that is not the true nature of what this game is going to be about. This comes down at the end of the day, LSU's front seven defensively against Tank Bigsby and company. That is it. If LSU can stop Auburn and tank Bigsby, and they're not I'm not I'm not even gonna say that they're gonna stop him. Just may uh, contain him, then you have a shot. You have a shot. Now to every LSU fan, and this is the last thing I'm gonna say before I get to all the comments, every LSU fan right now, I want you to turn this up and listen to me. You may hate the living, ever living guts out of Ed Orgeron. You might want him fired right now. That's your right, and that's your opinion. I still think he's got a little bit of leeway personally. We need to pack out this stadium Saturday night. LSU at 8 o'clock in Death Valley, we need to have this packed out. You want the culture to start changing a little bit? You want LSU to win? You got to give them a little help. I don't care about the politics of it. I don't, I really, guys, I honestly don't give two flying shits about your politics. Don't care. I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, Independent. I don't give a shit. I don't care. The only thing that I care about are there's three things that I love that are the dearest to my heart God, my wife, and my son, and by God, LSU and college football. That is the three. There's nothing else for me. So you keep your politics. Keep it out of this show because we ain't talking about it. But we need to pack that stadium and get this shit rocking because God forbid this team get confidence. God forbid the four and five stars get confidence on this team. And I'm going to tell you something. You can be shitty towards LSU. You can hate them. You can talk about schematics. God forbid this team get confidence. And then you better start sitting back saying, oh, shit because the truth is what everybody else in the SEC's doing right now and I talked to an SEC coach today called this phone at 12:01 <laughs> during his lunch break and a team that's quite honestly looking really good and he told me say bro I don't like L- have LSU having confidence what's going on over there now I didn't give him nothing I, mean, I try to get stuff out of him and he ain't give me nothing God forbid this team get confidence. All right, went on, went on about a twenty-six minute rant or a twenty-minute rant. But I, guys, I'm telling you, man, I am telling you, we have to find LSU. We have to pack this stadium out. Offensively, Jake Peets is over his head. I'm sorry, a little bit. Or, or let me say this: either he is, or he's got his hand a hand tied behind his back, which I fully believe that he he does. I fully believe that he does. Guys, you can't convince me when you're in a, you know, I'm probably going to break some news here, and I probably shouldn't. Guys, I'm. I, they were running zone reads during scrimmages in the fall or in the summer. They were throwing to running backs out of the backfield during the summer. There were times where there were screen plays, and I'm like, oh, shit. Go, John. I'm telling you, man. Something's, you know, Ed Ed is meddling. Ed's meddling a little bit. He's got to, he has got to be. He can't be scared of of losing Max Johnson. So to all you Garrett Nussmeyer fans who who aren't at practice, Ed's telling you what he really thinks. He told you the same thing about Miles Brennan. I'm not getting in that conversation with people about Miles Brennan anymore. The kid, the kids, we're not getting there. I know y'all wanted to debate me this week. Shea Dixon chimed in. We're not having that conversation. If somebody wants to have that conversation and lose that that argument, I'm more than willing to have it. All right. Mark says Bo Nix is starting. TJ comes in later. <laughs> did Har- Harson didn't Harson didn't confirm that though, did he? Mark. Joseph says I feel like the coordinators are doing a better job. Maybe they are keeping some stuff in their back pocket but don't think that teams like Bama won't be ready for the kitchen sink already cut loose. M- guys, I'm going to tell you something. This whole save something for Bama, that's the le- that's less Miles. LSU doesn't have a choice anymore. Guys, you don't have a choice against Auburn. You don't have a choice against Kentucky. You don't have a choice against uh, uh, Florida. You got to let everything hang out. With all due respect, you got to put on your birthday suit and say, here it comes, Big Daddy, and start swinging that thing. <laughs> it's the truth. You don't have the luxury of playing conservative-ass football. You don't. Uh, Jamie says, Cocho is mailing too much. It's, I think that he is offensively. Guys, I, it's not even – I shouldn't say think. I, I mean, read between the lines of what I'm trying to tell you. I'm telling you I think. Uh, Aaron says, Aaron Allgood says, Blake is Xavier Hill at guard. Blake is Xavier Hill guard. Yes, he is. Um, On that that drive where Ty Davis Price, um, I think I want to say it wasn't the 27-yard drive. I think it was the one where he had uh, two carries, 12 yards. Oh, by the way, by the way, up-tempo. By the way, the, the gap scheme shit, and the the two carries for 12 yards, six yards per carry, guess what it was? Tempo. Stop with it. Guys, I'm going to lose it if they keep going this check to this check-to-me bullshit. I am going to absolutely lose my godforsaken mind. I, I'm tired of it. Like, there's nothing that I've been more pissed off at Orgeron about than that. That is That pisses me off more than anything. If you're going to check with me, hey, bro, if you're going to check with me, go into a goddang huddle and then call the play. If you want to burn clock, do that. Stop with the check with me absolute dog shit. Stop it. It's getting freaking annoying as hell. The reason you don't have uh, success in the running game is because a lot of times when you go to this check with me bullshit, is that they get to check two, stop with it, God, uh Aaron, yes <laughs> he is a he is a guard, and quite honestly, I think he's if we're being truthful, he has been your best guard, quite honestly to date Ed Ingram's getting abused, guys Ed ingram's getting abused, he's getting abused i i I could say a lot worse than what I just said. Lamar says, uh, well, Lamar Williams on Facebook says, like, don't we have five of these guys on staff uh, talking about analysts. Uh Kari Hayes says, LSU coaching staff is bootleg at this moment. Um, offensively, yeah, offensively. Um, I don't know if you start giving DJ a little bit more uh, a pass and run game coordinator, meaning from a from a run game. Guys, they need a running game coordinator more than a passing game coordinator. Somebody that can scheme it the hell up. I'm sorry, man, but here's what you here's what you're not going to hear. Um, here's what you're not going to hear. <sighs> James Craig, for all the bullshit that everybody wants to put on James Craig, uh, and I probably shouldn't allow this to go out there too. James Craig was your running game coordinator. Y'all don't know that, but he was. Sorry to sorry to bust burst everybody's bubble, but he was your protection. He was the guy for protection. He's not here and you're and you're seeing the problems. Brad Davis, you gotta give him time. This isn't his guys, this isn't his scheme. He's gotta learn it just like everybody else. I want I'm gonna give Brad Davis time. But as time goes on and I love my guy, but man, come on. Uh Jason Gidry says RP and look, Brad Davis knows that. That's not something he doesn't know. Uh, Jason says RPOs, tight end, chip the edge, and then sit in the zone, works every time. Works every time. Works every time. Guys, why they're not going into – you know, everybody wants to make the argument with me that you got to have the R, meaning the the running game, to run RPOs. Tell that to Kayshaun Booty. <laughs> this is how the scheme went. LSU ran a gap scheme. If you remember, Chasing Hines knocking out the defensive end or the outside linebacker, whatever you want to call him. He gets 18, or, or, or what, at that point, I think, what was it? I think that, that drive was, what, six or seven yards. LSU warp speed, or as, L, as Ed calls it, or tempo. LSU comes right back on the line. They don't check to the sidelines. They go up, snap, set up, boom. Fake RPO, slant to Kayshawn, touchdown. And look, Ed said that Jake was over the headset screaming, pull it, pull it, pull it. I don't know, man. I don't know. Henry Pooh Bear, what's up, Pooh Bear? It says, Blake, do you think we just uh, go pass first and mix in the run until uh, – Grand respect the threat, or or maybe teams are what you're saying trying to say respect the threat. Absolutely, absolutely. You know who you know who does it the best? In my opinion, Lane Kiffin. The absolute best at it. You know who else does it? You know who else does it perfectly? Even in the NFL, as we're seeing right now with Sam Darnold, Joe Brady, perfectly. Guys, Christian McCaffrey was getting stuffed. Stuffed in that first half before he got injured. Pass, 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 pass. Play action, play action, play action. Run, 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 run. God, they did it to the Saints. It's a aggr- it's aggressive football. So you come out, you get a three and out. So what? So what? I mean, I'm sorry, it's, you don't want that, but you got to be aggressive. Aggravating ass. Uh, Richie Roche says, from Roche's Lawn and Landscape. So, let's do this. Speaking of Richie Roche, our good friend over at Roche's Lawn and Landscape. Guys, 225-937-7220. 225-937-7220. Guys, you got to get over to him. you got to give him a call. He Anywhere in the Baton Rouge, Denham Springs area, Hammond, wherever, he can come out to you, service your property they're doing a lot of different things with doing i think richie is talking about the outdoor kitchens and stuff like that guys they're the best in the business i'm not just saying that go to their website go find them on facebook roche's one and landscape absolutely perfect you got to go see my good guy my guy today and we are here from the drake williams law firm drake 985-386-7600 985-386-7600 or come see him over at 154 west Pine street in ponchatoula louisiana and my good friend John Patton over at GMFS Mortgage, buying a new home, saving money on the mortgage you have now, even doing that cash-out refi. The timing has never been better. 225-614-1234. That's 225-614-1234. Tell me, friend, Blake Rafino at AYS. Sent you on by. All right. I am checking very quickly. Um, Okay. I was checking to see if uh, we had internet all right doesn't look like it guys if we if you know someone fiber internet or whatever at&t that can come to albany louisiana please help me out please god jesus sweet baby jesus help me out spectrum is the god's worst uh, but Richie Roche says, I will never understand booty on the sideline. That should be a fireball offense. Yeah, I don't – and I talked about that Saturday. Why LSU is – and I know that some people have mentioned this and, and complained about this. LSU's got a lot of wide receivers um, that they can get the ball to. But one guy, unless he needs a break – now, we don't know if he needed a break or not, but he's sitting there – Laughing and wiping off sweat and and cackling on the sidelines. Uh, why are you taking him out? And here's another thing: Why in the hell is your best player on offense going down as a gunner on punt return or on on, on punts and tackling guys in the open field? Guys, I want to say the f word so bad about that when I see it. You know, if my son wasn't around when I'm watching the game, I'd be screaming my head off about half the shit I see. Do I like that he goes down there and he makes tackles? Yes. But you mean to tell me that the best player on offense, and it's not even close, has to be a gunner on special teams. Unless – I was about to call him Connor Colt. But unless uh, Avery Atkins is going to sit back there in the pocket and you're on a fake punt and throw a quick slant to Kayshaun Bouti, he better not be out there. Now, are they trying to set something up? I don't know. I really, really don't know. But you know, I that that piss that is that that is something that really that pisses me off. Uh Robbie Smith Jr. says, Blakes, what's your criticism of Sean Payton? He blocked me on Twitter and he can't he can't take criticisms. You know, I asked Sean you ask Sean Payton a question, he gets all butthurt. <laughs> Uh, Michael Ray says, is Cole even making a difference blocking? Well, guys, I mean, no, <laughs> not no, not really. Um, but he's not—he's not, he's not a—you know—everybody wants to talk about him being a blocking tight end. I get what you're trying to say there, but guys, you gotta let him go out in coverage. Here's another thing: where in the hell was Jack Best Saturday? I know he had some plays here and there, but I mean, is he hurt? Is he—you know? Mm. Uh, Mark says, "Demond Clark leads the SEC uh, with 28 solo tackles, 42 total. He is growing. Yeah, and I, look, I that's the one thing. Um, that's the one thing that I kind of been getting pushed back on from fans is that I've said over the last three and a half weeks, even or even four weeks, because I said I thought Demond Clark played a hell of a game against UCLA." Guys, when I watch film, I see him all over the place. Not only running down ta- guys. He, here's the if you want to make the argument that Demond Clark's running down tacklers, he's the only son of a bitch doing it. I mean, for the love of God, he's the one that's lying all over over the field. Ed's not lying. He's playing like an NFL linebacker right now. I think he he's second in the team with tackles for loss. He's all over the place, man. Look, y'all better y'all better y'all better start putting in some respect on that man's name. I'm serious now because there's a if I was offensive lineman, I'm I'm pretty uh, you know, I'm like if I'm watching film from the last 4 weeks and having to chip off and go into the second level and get to Clark, I, I'm having to put my big boy pants on. As Conor McGregor would say, you better pop out the red panties because it's time to roll now. It ain't a joke when that, with that kid right now. He's playing fantastic. He's playing fantastic. Uh, Roderick says, I think we shut that run game down, Blake. Oh, if you're talking about Auburn, maybe so. M- maybe so. Um, but it, the, the the real narrative of this game against Auburn is going to be the front seven for LSU versus Tank, Me and company. That's it. That's it, and I don't think that you shut. You do not shut down Tank Bigsby, in my opinion. I think that you you will contain him because here's the thing with Brian Harson. Brian Harson will get find ways to get him the football, and along with Mike Bobo, they will find ways. Uh, Ryan Gidry says, "Love the spoon analysis." If you missed the spoon analysis, I said that Auburn firing a wide receivers coach uh, for offensive struggles is like me. Um, me, you know, saying I'm fat because and blaming my spoon. I mean <laughs> makes no sense. Bundy says noise level is key. It will be key. And it will be key for a young quarterback if TJ Finley's the guy. It will it, it will be. Uh Bo Nicks too, man. I mean he's the only you know, he's the only guy and look, it it should tell you Ed's confidence. Um it should tell you Ed's confidence. On um, what he thinks about Nussmeier right now, and so as we will start going around the SEC in, in about three minutes, uh, and you can for, fire in your Rudy Poo's of the week too. So you got a Rudy Pooh of the week, sports only, you know, or something that's non-political. Don't get political. Um, fire in your Rudy Poo's of the week, but it should give you, it should tell you the confidence level that Ed has at Nussmeyer right now. You know, I had a guy. Call, uh, that I talked to today was like, why don't you even put Nussmeyer in if you're scared of running Max and let him run a little bit? You know he's got the wheels to do it. And I, I don't, I, you know, I thought that was a good scenario, but I don't think that Ed has confidence there. You know what's funny is is that when uh, KJ Jefferson, the running, the quarterback for uh, Arkansas, went down and got a little nicked up, Arkansas did exactly what they were supposed to. They didn't change really anything running the quarterback, throwing it to the tight end, running ske- uh, running zone reads. I mean, they didn't get scared at all. If anything, I felt like they – what's crazy about Arkansas was that they felt like when K.J. Jefferson went down, the feel that I got was even though they're leading and they're winning the game, they felt like an injured dog that's in back in the corner, and they're, they're kind of coming out in a run game perspective, throwing freaking haymakers. God forbid your your backup quarterback goes down. Then what? They didn't really give a damn. They're all about winning, and and, and you gotta have you have to have that man. You have to be a dog and a dog mentality. It's like a lion in the in the wild. Okay, you gotta have that mentality of there's nothing out here that's going to kill me. Now, we all know that things happen, you know, in the wild, obviously, so I'm not getting too technical. And obviously, a lion is better when he has his pride around him. See the key word there? You got to, you know, dog-eat-dog world, man. You got to have that. Guys, this is a very physical football game. Or football game. Very physical game. It is the most physical game or outside of fighting that we have. And some people believe that it can be at times more physical because if you're from an LSU perspective, you got 90 plays where you got two guys ramming it or 90 plays where you're ramming into somebody. It's like a fight every single week, not like a fighter in the UFC that's fighting every six months. Every single play, bam, bam, bam. You gotta be a dog to play this game, and quite, and you gotta be a lion or a tiger in this scenario. You gotta be a that a the, the eye of the tiger or have that to be in the SEC. There's a reason USC's a, a bunch of Looney Tunes and soft ass kids. They don't want it. They ain't got that dog. You got Ohio State players quitting at halftime. <laughs> it's not funny. It's not funny. It's not funny. It is kind of funny though. My man just said, peace, dog. Y'all suck. Mm, today's generation. Uh, Kevin said, Hines ain't no better. <sighs> yeah, he struggled. Uh, Paul says, we used to have good analysts. Instead of former NFL guys, we have uh, nepotism happening. Guys, I don't really... um. Mm, I'm going to be careful on that one. Henry Pooh Bear says, Rudy Blake, Rudy Pooh of the Week, Blake's ISP. What's my ISP? What's my ISP? What am I missing? Pooh Bear, what's my ISP? All right, we're about to go into the uh, around the SEC. David says, is Scott Woodward pissed off? I would hate to to be on his S list. Pissed off for what? I mean, I don't think anybody really knows what he's feeling. I mean, if he... Look, here's the thing. If Ed starts winning again and LSU's winning, what is he going to be mad about? And you know what's funny? The la- You know what's funny that we have not heard about the last three weeks is Ed Orgeron's girlfriend or Ed Orgeron running around campus with his shirt off. It's funny how shit happens when you're winning, isn't it? Like, literally nobody's talking about it. Literally nobody's talking about Ed Orgeron running around campus with his shirt off in 67-degree weather, and his titty nipples is hanging out. Nobody's talking, you know, like, it was perfect when he was 19, though, and he was coming on people's shows and shit. Get out of here with that. Oh, internet service provider, says Pooh Bear. Yeah, they Rudy Pooh, dog, y'all, Spectrum's so bad, man. They're so bad. Uh, Joey says Rudy Pooh of the Week goes to whoever the guy is in charge that hasn't already booked Peyton and Eli to call the Ole Miss-Tennessee game. I agree with that one. That would be fun. I'm sure they're doing great tonight, man. I'm sure they're going, doing great tonight. All right, let's go around the SEC. Um, I'll put some of the Rudy Poos of the Week in the con- – or people can see them. Um, going around the SEC this week, guys, it is apparently blatant to me that Georgia is the best team in the SEC right now. And you can say, well, Blake, who have they played, you know – you, you, there's a lot of things that you can say. But, guys, there's something to be said for a team that ha- – we just talked about having that dog mentality. There's something to be said about a team that's playing Vanderbilt, that's beating them by 35 in the first quarter, and doesn't let up and puts their foot on the uh, on the throat of an opponent and doesn't let up and beats a team by 62 points. You know, there was a stat that I saw uh, – I forget who put posted it up or whatever – at one point, Georgia had 62 points while uh, Vandy had 62 total yards. There's no team in the SEC, and quite honestly, college football right now, that's playing on the level of Georgia. Now, they have, a, they have a very physical game this week against Arkansas. I don't know how Arkansas comes out of this game alive in the sense of how they get a victory. I don't think that they'll be able to run, which will lead to them having to throw the uh, football with K.J. Jefferson. I know that they're coming off an emotional high of beating A&M, but I just can't see it. At some point, Arkansas will fall, and if they don't, then we'll have a completely different narrative. The prob- the, the thing for me, though, is, is that I just can't see a team outside of an Alabama or Ole Miss beating Georgia from a defensive standpoint because they're just so damn good. On the flip side of that, we have Ole Miss and Alabama this week. Now, a lot of talk has, been, has, has happened – Um, over the week or over the last couple of days, of can Lane Kiffin be the first assistant to knock off Nick Saban? Now, my specific thought process on this is is that I think that Alabama is going to have to get in a shootout because defensively, I don't think that they're good enough to stop Ole Miss. Is Ole Miss's defense have they have they gotten good uh, or or, have they progressed enough over over a year to where when this game last year they couldn't stop anybody? And I know that there's all the stats that Alabama only got 6 less yards of what they would have totally got if they played against air and all this kind of stuff. Um but are, do is their defense good enough to stop Alabama enough to where they can get enough points and win? Because there's not a lot of teams on God's given earth in college football right now if any that can stop them much less slow them down. Now I you know <laughs> it's tough to pick against Nick and it's tough to pick against Alabama, and quite honestly, I'm just not going to do it. But if there is a team and a coach that knows how to do it, it will be Lane. And I think that having two weeks to prepare for Nick is something that's going to be going to be more beneficial to them than hurting them. Uh, Andrew Brister says, "Has to, uh, Rudy Pooh of the Week, Revs and Lions game." I saw that. Mark says, "Eli and Peyton cracked me up." Well, I wish I had Spectrum. Uh, so I could actually watch it on my damn TV. Um, Brian Williams has ready pool of the week to vanny coaching staff. No, no kidding, huh? Um, but if you if someone had to force me of who's uh, of picking those two games, I'm gonna go chalky, and I probably might be wrong. Like I I want to like I personally want to lean Ole Miss here. Like personally, I want to lean Ole Miss, but is my heart telling me – my heart's literally telling me one thing and my mind's telling me something different. My mind's telling me is that, you know what, man, why Why would you be stupid enough to go out there and pick against Nick? Why would you do that? And I thought Florida responded uh, – they, they struggled in the first half uh, defensively, but I thought that they responded well. I thought that they responded well. And we know about LSU and we know about Mississippi State and we know about the others. I think Kentucky – you know, Missouri going up to Boston College, screw Missouri. Their defense is absolute hot garbage. Um, I think it's going to just be chalky, man. Auburn last week, and we'll talk about – and the reason I'm skipping Auburn is just because of the specific point that we're going to talk so much Auburn this week, and I don't want to overdo it. So, we'll, we'll, we'll stay or hold off on Auburn. All right, let's get to a couple more of these Rudy Poos of the week couple more of these comments and we'll get out of here uh jacob cole says feed con hashtag feed connor a couple times well he won't he won't be leaping anytime soon i don't believe bundy says like to see Garrett Dowinger uh getting reps he has shoved some people around i don't disagree with that he did get pushed around in the in the past game a little bit though he did get pushed around a little bit um but i thought he rebounded well And, guys, he's not a left tackle. If anything, he's a right tackle, but the truth is he's a guard. He's a guard. (laughs) Your best left tackle Saturday, as crazy as this is, was Anthony Bradford. How a 365-pound man is your best left tackle is freaking beyond me. It's beyond me. Uh, Jess Newbill says, will we, LSU, have enough players for the gauntlet? We'll see. We'll see. Joey says, Rudy Poo of the Week goes to whoever the guy is in charge. Oh, we, uh, we got to that one. I really like the uh, – I really, 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 really do like Peyton and Eli calling the games. Like, I really I, I really enjoy it. Uh, Jess says, I mean, Lane has rebuilt defense. Yeah, but is it good enough to stop anybody? Can you see – can you see their defense stopping Alabama two or three times to where their offense can come back on the field, go into scoring drives and win the football game? Cause I don't know if I see that right now. Right, it's kind of like I, I need to see it to believe it a little bit, but we'll see. We'll see. All right. A couple more and then we'll get out of here. Uh, this one comes from Chad on Facebook. Chad says, our Kansas has looked good. Hell yeah. They look good guys. Jimbo is out, Jimbo is outside of his skis, man. I t- this whole quick slant, quick hitch, you know, it's the most West Virginia playbook. I'm saying West Virginia because he's from there. Let's run a quick slant and a quick hitch. It's like nothing's innovative of his passing game. Man, they're not – guys, they're not good. They can't score. A&M is not good. We want to talk about them all we want. Everybody wants to give them credit. Guys, they suck. They don't suck. Let me back up. They don't suck. But they their offense does. You think we got offensive problems? Shit. The offensive guru can't score points. Making Barry Odom look like a damn uh a, a damn all-star defensive mind of all time. And he's not doing anything out he's not reinventing the wheel here. They're running three guys, three-man pressure. They're backing everybody out, keeping everything in front of them. They're letting you make a mistake in what A&M does constantly. Guys, they are not good. They can't score. They can't run. Their offensive line is a Rudy Poo. Damn, son. Somebody needs to pull that man over. Bunny says, shout-out to Neil Farrell Jr. Absolutely. Uh, Kevin says, "I agree with Bradford. The Bradford analysis. <sighs> he was easily your best. There's no real analysis of it, and I, I appreciate that, Kevin. There's no like real analysis of it. It was just a fact, <laughs> which is sad, man. There's no way that your guard should be out there playing left tackle." Uh, Jess says, "Why all the hate for Stingley? I'm not. I'm not going there. Look." I don't like talking about other people's shows. His dad went on a show again today. Uh, but you know why I don't? Because they never talk about mine. So you want to you start this whole beef and bullshit, you know, Baton Rouge versus the North Shore bullshit, and start acting like we can be have some kind of cohesion? You know, the only guy that's tried to had a, have a friendship with my ass has been Brody Miller. And I've grown respect for Brody Miller, honestly. Just being dead ass. So... He went on a show today, talking some Rudy Poo, some Rudy Pooness. Uh, fa- fans were not happy to hear what he had to say. At least to me, I didn't listen to it. We'll we'll we'll, we'll go from there. Henry says Rudy Poo of the week. The SEC refs again. Georgia State got screwed. I thought that they got screwed too. <laughs> Look, man, Auburn's had some some serious luck, bro. They've had some serious luck go their way. Serious. It's unreal. All right, guys. We will see y'all again tomorrow. I think we're gonna guess it up again tomorrow. Just, it's tough for us to guess it up, at being out of studio for recording and podcast purposes. It's not the easiest to do. Um, it's actually pretty damn difficult, <laughs> honestly. Uh, but we'll do this. We'll try to guess it up tomorrow, and we'll go from there. But until then, guys, we'll see y'all soon. Y'all have a good night.